1: This episode is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering reading recommendations personalized to your reading life. Want great new science fiction and fantasy books to read, but overwhelmed by all the publishing buzz? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for, and then sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. And TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an indie too. TBR is also available as a gift. And sign up only takes a few minutes. You answer a couple of questions about what you like to read, what you're looking for, link up your Goodreads profile if you have one, and you're done. And Each TBR delivery contains three titles in the recommendations-only level or three new hardcovers, and you'll receive a new shipment every three months. You can give your bibliologist feedback, update your requests to stay in line with your reading goals and expanding horizons, and basically have your own personal book concierge. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 86, and we are recording on August 21st. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Sharifa Williams, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. And today we're talking about sci-fi fantasy fan fiction.
0: Yes, we are. I learned a lot about fan fiction Thanks to this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, and we're not necessarily just going to talk about actual fics, but like the whole like fan fiction as a thing, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that should be that. It's going to be an adventure. <laughs> it's
0: going to be an adventure for sure. Um, I will try to sound knowledgeable with all of my random commentary on fan fiction, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the combo
1: yeah same
0: but before we get into news and then our fanfic discussion i'm going to tell you about our sponsor which is vault comics and number one new york times best-selling author brandon sanderson's new original hardcover graphic novel dark one so this is from brandon sanderson dark one is the first in a series of original graphic novels from vault comics Paul Tannison is a young man haunted by visions of a dark and fantastic world, visions he initially believes are hallucinations. But when he discovers they are prophecies from Mirandis, a world in which he's destined to become a fearsome destroyer, he'll have to embrace the fear, rise up as the Dark One, and shatter everything. Dark One examines the dual roles we often take on in life, the ability to be a savior as well as a destroyer and some worlds are made to be broken. So this is a graphic novel and it's coming to us from a Hugo Award winner. You can get the series a bundle of the ebook which is delivered immediately and a 224-page hardcover graphic novel uh which begins shipping to customers after September 5th of this year all for 29.99. So if that sounds like your thing, you should definitely check out vault comics and brandon sanderson's original hardcover graphic novel dark one thanks for sponsoring today's episode all right let's talk about some news and Mm -hmm. i wanted to share this article i found really fascinating for numerous reasons and so the headline of it is that there's this list of you know, every possible kind of science fiction story. It's this list that was created by a 1920s science fiction writer by the name of Claire Winger Harris, who I had not heard about, first of all. So I was, I'm always interested in hearing about, you know, women sci-fi authors from way back when, because we don't hear about them that much still. And I feel like, we're still making new or rediscovering people who have been around who were around and who made the genre what it is today so the main part of this is just this list that that this author Harris created but then the actual piece goes into this really interesting narrative about women's history in science fiction and how men in science fiction have been gatekeepers in a lot of ways and it talks about the astounding award which was the new which is the new name for what was the joseph campbell award and how Joseph Campbell's legacy of, you know, gatekeeping women in science fiction was really problematic. And even talking about George R.R. Martin's weird toastmaster, toastmaker uh role in an awards ceremony in the Astounding Awards and how writers and readers responded to that. So it really explores the concept of or The Role of Women in Science Fiction from back when, because Harris was publishing in the 1920s, and her last story came out, I believe in 1930, but she also made some commentary in journals about, for instance, how Hollywood should bring back or should, should ignite more interest in science fiction adaptations and films. And so that was when she came up with this list, which is mentioned in the piece as something that kind of shows how certain tropes in science fiction now sound really dated, like, you know, gigantic (laughs) insects, which I'm still interested in seeing in science fiction. I don't know about everybody else. (laughs) But there are other aspects of the list that kind of harken to a different time before certain scientific research was really developed or fully formed and explored. And I just found this whole thing interesting because this person, Harris, was publishing in these magazines and was kept out of magazines. And for instance, some of her stories, which were Almost winners. One of them was third place in an award, and one of her stories was published in Hugo Gernsback's journal in Amazing Stories. And Hugo Gernsback is who the Hugos are named after. And I mean, there was this part of it that was talking about how Hugo Gernsback was really supportive of Harris and her writing. But then there's also the note that, you know, before you give him applause, there's this whole statement he made about how she was a third prize winner and basically saying it was a complete surprise that the third place winner proved to be a woman because and this is a quote women do not make good scientification writers because their education and general tendencies on scientific matters are usually limited so there's that (laughs) but i really recommend Reading this in full because it's really fascinating. And there's another linked article that goes more into Harris's life. So really fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah, I was so glad you dropped this into the agenda because I was reading it earlier today and was just... I wanted to go off in 16 different research directions from it. There's so yeah. many pieces of it that are just parts of science fiction history that I'm not super familiar with. And names of authors who I really would love to look up now, including Harris. And there, it looks like there are also great uh, there are just a lot of great links to other pieces with connected information. So this is, yeah, this is a gold mine of interesting <laughs> sci-fi history and commentary for sure. I highly recommend everybody check out the link in our show notes. It's from Open Culture, which is a site I had not read before also.
0: I love Open Culture. It's so, like, there are so many weird. I feel like if anybody wanted to become a trivia buff, especially with things that are, like, archival in quality mm. i totally recommend open culture it's really entertaining
1: i mean you're speaking my language here, i know <laughs> note to self: rabbit hole <laughs> open oh yeah really what a rabbit hole well i could use a good new rabbit hole i mean when yes. do i not want a new one uh, all right. Well, speaking of awards, I want to talk about the World Fantasy Award finalists. We're actually announced at the end of July, but the winners will not be announced until like late October. So we're not so far behind mm-hmm. on this. And there are some exciting nominees in the novel category. I was really delighted to see that Case and Calendar's Queen of the Con record made it to a finalist position because that book I think I've talked about it on the show before but man it just like ripped my brain out so I I hope it I'm glad to see it getting accolades and whether or not it wins I'm really excited for more people to pick up calendar's work because they're doing a lot of great work and let's see the 10,000 doors of January is on here Uh, the Raven Tower uh, Gideon the Ninth and the Memory Police, which I think we've seen on other lists. Yeah. So none of those are super surprising, but all uh, very worthy, certainly. And then novella category does also have some recurring names popping up: The Deep by River Solomon with David Diggs, William Hudson, and Jonathan Snipes is on here. Uh, Shauna McGuire is on here with In an Absent Dream, and the short fiction list is also interesting uh, because uh, there is. A short story by Maria Devana Headley that I have not read yet. It's called Read After Burning, and it was in A People's Future of the United States, which was an anthology that I kept meaning to get to and then just completely missed. So it's a good reminder to me to get back to that. Um, River Solomon is on there again, actually, with uh, Mm -hmm. blood is another word for hunger. And then there are some great anthologies in the anthology category. I'll let you all look at the uh, list yourselves. I don't need to say every name, but there are some new some new names on there, and and some well deserving ones. So I'm excited to see uh, what ends up happening with that.
0: Yeah, me too. It's a really it's a really great list, and I really really have to read Queen of the Conquered. It's been on my shelf and. You have talked about it before, and it sounded amazing. So it's a really good reminder for me as well to pick up some of these books and and to check out some of these stories because
1: yeah, it's. I mean, it, you do have to gird yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's why. That's why I don't think I have read it because when I got it, it was still like an arc, and mm. I was like I need to I never know when's a good time really I know I should have done it I should have read it way before when I didn't know what else was coming down the future pipeline
1: (laughs) hindsight is 2020 (laughs) It is. it
0: really is well that's a great list and completely unrelatedly I'm going to talk about something that might be worth putting on your to watch list if you're hanging out with nothing to do, like so many of us are. There is going to be a Ray Bradbury readathon. And I just think readathons in general, like, I know they happen in all sorts of ways, in all sorts of manners, but this one in particular just seems very quaint to me. For some reason, it seems very old-timey. But a bunch of writers, actors, and individuals will be reading Fahrenheit 451. This is going to be streamed online. And it starts, it'll actually start before this episode is out, but it goes on from, it's from August 22nd through September 5th. So all of the readings will be available from the previous ones to September 5th through September 5th. And this is basically to commemorate Ray Bradbury's, the 100th anniversary of his birth. So that would have been, On August 22nd and there are a bunch of really great authors and notable figures who are going to be presenting and reading. Librarian of Congress Carla Hayden is going to be introducing each of the three parts of Fahrenheit 451 and other librarians will also be making some introductions and then readers who will actually be reading the book include William Shatner, which I find funny, (laughs) but that makes sense, you know, Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neil Gaiman is going to be there as well. Marlon James, very amazing writer, is going to be reading as well. Marjorie Liu. So lots of familiar names. Tananarive Du, one of my faves, who I can't wait to see, as well as her husband, who I haven't read before, but is a sci-fi author, Stephen Barnes. So it sounds like it's going to be really interesting. And I haven't read Fahrenheit 451 since high school, I'm pretty sure. So I'm kind of interested in seeing it or revisiting the story in this really interesting and different way. That makes kind of a classic feel a little bit more fresh. So if that sounds like something you want to watch, it's again going to, it'll have started already. So you'll be able to click the link in the show notes and catch up on the first one and then continue watching from there. And it's going to be available, I believe, on a few platforms. You can either click that link. I think it'll also be on YouTube. And perhaps one other platform that I can't remember or find right now,
1: <laughs> but you can find <laughs> it in the show notes. Do you know that gives me an idea because we are planning on doing some adaptation versus the original podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we could totally do Fahrenheit f- four fifty one, and then the uh, Michael B. Jordan adaptation. Oh yeah,
0: I haven't watched it yet. So me neither. Uh huh. A little,
1: a little food for thought. We'll put that on the <laughs> idea list.
0: Could I be, could be ins-
1: interesting.
0: Inspiration striking in episode. In-
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love I feel like edit. that's what. Yeah, I feel like that's what always happens with these like movie watching ideas. I'm like, wow, we're just while we're talking about this, why don't we just make that an episode? Why not? Um, <laughs> why not? All right, let's see. Uh, oh, so this is both a thing to have on your calendar and a cool new award to keep an eye on. But FIA Litmag, which just won an award at the Hugo's, well deserved. They produce amazing work. I know I've talked about them and their authors before, but they have started a annual Ignite Award, uh, which is to honor the speculative writers who are... Um, working towards inclusivity in the genre. So they are celebrating the vibrancy and diversity of the current and future landscapes of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror by recognizing incredible feats in storytelling and outstanding efforts towards inclusivity of the genre. So, I mean, a worthy mission in so many ways, very much in line with the work that they're producing. And they have put out their finalists list, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You have definitely heard us talk about a lot of these titles uh, for Best Novel Dragon Republic by R.F. Quang, uh, Gods of Jade and Shadow by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, Jade War by Fonda Lee, Storm of Locust by Rebecca Roanhorse, Kingdom of Copper by S.A. Like These are these are books we're in love with. Yes. Um, the novel Best Novel for YA category also has a lot of favorites in it um Akweka Emezi is in there Danielle Clayton Tochi Onyabuchi. I mean it's just these are really these are really great books that they that have made the finalist list and I highly recommend checking out the full list of finalists because there's some real good stuff in here, they've got Best in Speculative Poetry, which is great. They're mm-hmm. also doing a Critics Award. Um, and I was delighted to see Jesse from Bowties and Books on there because that's one of my favorite Bookstagram accounts yeah, these days. Agreed. And so, yeah, I'm super jazzed to see that getting that account getting some love. Uh, there's Best Fiction podcasts. There's Best Artists. There's all kinds of good stuff in here. And the reason this is something to mark on your calendar is that this is in conjunction with the convention that they're producing, which is going to be entirely online and celebrating BIPOC- uh, you know, folks, if you have not heard that phrase before, it's Black, Indigenous, and People of Color in speculative fiction. It is going to be October 17th through 18th, and registration is open now. And I think the tickets are like 40 or 50 bucks, which is not that much when you see their lineup and what the programming is going to be. It's really solid. So I'm just currently trying to figure out how I can move my work schedule around. <laughs> Uh, To make room for this, but I think it's going to be awesome. And I recommend that you check it out. I've got link in the show notes so that you can see it all. But yeah, super excited for both this new award and for this con because they have been doing amazing work and I'm excited to see them branching into new uh, projects.
0: Me too. And the only thing I have to say about this is it might be, it probably is the most beautiful list I have ever seen. It's just <laughs> the most amazing list. I, my eyes are just like huge right now while I look at it. So
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome job, Viya.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Okay, let's see. So, we're going to talk about fan fiction, but first, let us do another sponsor. And you've heard me talk about this book before. It is Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse. I think I mentioned it on our most anticipated episode, but in case you've forgotten, uh, this is inspired by the indigenous civilizations of the Americas before European colonization. And Black Sun follows warring matriarchies all vying for power in a world filled with celestial prophecies, political machinations, and forbidden magic, and Rebecca Roanhorse is a New York Times best-selling author of Native and Black descent. And she's been writing for, you know, she's been writing her own work. She wrote a Star Wars novel that I really love, probably more than one. She's going to be writing for Marvel coming up. So she's kind of everywhere. And uh, the publisher says that this is made for readers who enjoyed N.K. Jemisin's The Fifth Season and Marlon James's Black Leopard, Red Wolf, which I know lots of y'all have been excited for. And it's got great reviews from other authors, including Toche Anyubuchi, who we talk about a a lot Stephen Graham Jones, who we also talk a lot about, Ken Liu. I mean, this is like a who's who of who of blurbers here. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just some high-profile blurbs. Uh, so yeah, so everybody's excited about this book, and you should be too. Uh, so again, that's Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse. It is now a thing that you can read. So get excited about that.
0: Awesome.
1: All right. On to fanfic. Fan fiction. Okay. So. Before we start. I feel like we need to frame our own personal experience with fan fiction yes. for our listeners so they know where we're coming from. So tell me Sharifa, like what is your experience with fanfic?
0: I don't have a lot of experience with fan fiction, but I I believe that in the time of like live journal and even in tumblr times i would sort of accidentally happen upon fan fiction (laughs) so i wasn't somebody who was necessarily crawling uh these fan fiction sites we're going to talk about today but i would occasionally just stumble upon some fan fiction and i think the the most common fan fiction I used to stumble upon, which is going to tell you everything about my obsessions, was definitely like labyrinth fanfic. Oh. There was so much for a while. There's just so much labyrinth fanfic. And maybe it was just because of where I was going and my interest that I just kept happening upon these. But I mean, you know, that's a that's a thing that still is out there so that's my experience so it's very limited which is why this was very much a learning experience for me what about you
1: yeah i so you know speaking of tumblr i when i was active on tumblr a while back I was like constantly immersed in fan art which was the best yes. um especially I'm just remembering before she was like the ruler of the world Noelle Stevenson w- did that bro ship of the rings series of comics that were I'll try to find a link because they were so funny and so good <laughs> and 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 that was the kind of stuff that would just like turn up in my feed and make me so happy the way that people would, you know, envision these characters and then make them their own and, you know, send them on these little like mini adventures. They're basically I mean, fan art is mini stories is are really what they are. Um, So that always made me really happy. And then I have always felt a real fondness for fan fiction as a thing, even though I don't read it regularly, because, you know, when I was growing up, I <laughs> I definitely wrote self insert Fanfic of this one series. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: this is so exciting.
1: By Patricia Keneally Morrison, that I jokingly refer to as Celts in Space. It's like the Irish in Outer Space. It was just, oh. I just was obsessed with it. And I, I definitely wrote self, but it, not on the internet, like just for me personally. And then when AOL became a thing, um, I was all over the Dragon Riders of Pern, you know, boards. I think I talked about that in our episode zero. We yeah. were talking about our nerd cred. And like, that was, I have fond memories of that. But as you know, after that, I really did not, I wasn't on Live Journal. like really Tumblr was what reminded me that this is a thing. And then, you know, it's gotten so huge since we were kids. I mean, it's enormous now, yeah. right? Like, it's not just like a bunch of people posting on their Geocities page. Like, it's like a whole thing, which makes me so happy, Um and so it was really fun to like refresh my memory about certain fandoms. I I definitely fell down some rabbit holes on AOA three of like mm. following tags and like I found this one Star Wars story that made me cry a little bit that i'll link to in the show notes <laughs> it's like it's called homestead it's by kate monkey i'll link it it's like oh it just gives me all the feelings it's a much better ending to rise of skywalker than we actually got um and and that's just to me like what fanfiction is all about right is you know whether it's self-insert or you're like this ending needs fixing or this character these characters you know, must, they, they should have gotten together the classic shipping, you know, it's, it just is so satisfying, I think, in a lot of ways. And it's become so embedded in science fiction and fantasy. Like when you start to look at, I have a link here for authors who have written fanfic, like who who have like openly revealed that they are fanfic writers. Um And it's a lot of very, big fancy names. Yeah. And I just love that that's now cuz you know fan fiction has been derided I think also on the internet for a long time. And 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 I I'm delighted to see that it is it is not only just so widespread but that People who a lot of others admire and who they respect and who are, you know, published traditionally now are very open and and thankful for their roots in the fan fiction community.
0: Yeah, I mean, this list was really interesting. And I think one of my favorite meta fan fiction. It's not even a series, but published works was from Rainbow Rowell, who did Carry On. Which is a book mm-hmm. I really love, and I think it's funny that I have read Carry On, which is this fantasy magicians at school sort of story, but I haven't read Fangirl, which is the book where <laughs> Carry On was. I'm I'm already wording going to word this incorrectly. So Fangirl was a story about somebody writing fanfic and Carry On is the fanfic from Fangirl and I just thought that was like I don't know why that delights me but it's so it's so nerdy and so perfectly encapsulates some of the passion and humor and irreverence of fan fiction culture so that's that's definitely one of my favorite um published authors who have written fan fiction or are involved with fan fiction in some way stories.
1: Yeah, one of from the same list that we'll post a link to um from the Lawrence Public Library about 21 authors who have also written fan fiction, one of my favorite notes on here is that the Bronte <laughs> sisters wrote, like, fic about living people like the Duke of Wellington. Like, that just... <laughs> I die. like that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. that is yeah. Hilarious. It just makes me
1: happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's timeless. It's a tradition, and it is. People who it is it. We can just speak to or point to the Bronte sisters who are very well regarded in right. capital L literature yeah and say you know what they were fanfic people so mm-hmm. there you go so it- take that snobs <laughs> yeah yes it's actually funny because one of the articles i came across that talked about fan fiction i initially went into the article a little bit cynical because it's from the New Yorker. And my automatic assumption was that they were going to be talking down about fan fiction. And I was absolutely delighted to find that this writer, Stephanie Burt, was actually really enthusiastic about fan fiction, and went into, I think it's a really great piece for people like me who haven't been surrounded by or immersed in fan fiction culture because there are so many aspects of it that are hard to wrap your head around just even the terminology used and the ways things are categorized and its history it goes into a lot of that it talks about what fan fiction is and the numerous origin stories of fan fiction. It sounds like there is no real consensus on how it began, but obviously it goes way back. And then also talking about some books, like it's such a big thing that there are multiple books written about fan fiction, like one of the books discussed in this piece, The Fan Fiction Reader by Francesca Coppa. So it talks about a lot of this stuff and about this, this aspect of writing fan fiction that I also didn't know about, which is basically because there's the potential to be sued for creative works or for plagiarism. There's actually a, a process where you just remove certain aspects and themes of a story enough where you can't really be sued, maybe you can. And so the the phrase that they use is called filing off the serial numbers, which was a new thing to me. And I just found that really interesting, but also probably really smart because I can absolutely see something like this happening, especially with, you know, the bigger franchise works. And this is possibly also why a lot of people are, anonymous in many Mm -hmm. fan fiction works and on sites and things it's very anonymous culture and I just found the whole thing really interesting and a great sort of launching point for for people who are new to fan fiction
1: yeah you touched on this a little bit and I think it's worth saying that I mean I don't think we're gonna get too into it in this show but there have been some sci-fi fantasy authors who are notoriously cranky about fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um so there's that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and I can understand it. I mean, I think that, you know, if you look at it from the perspective of like these are my stories, these are the characters that I've like given mental birth to. I've poured blood, sweat and tears into this and you're just like taking it and changing things and then putting it back on the internet like I can kind I can understand to a certain degree why that would be upsetting but I also think like fan writers are not making any money off of anything and you know the audience for this is pretty small compared to like your published works like you know, you're not you're not competing no. with fan fiction writers. You're not they're not taking I don't feel like they're taking anything actually away from the authors. And, you know, if you're an author and you disagree, like that's totally, you know, you are welcome to do that. That's your opinion. And that's fine. But for me, it just seems like especially if you're going to get litigious about it, it just seems like such a waste of time and energy to me because it's like, you know, what are they what are they really doing to you? Nothing. Yeah they're not doing anything.
0: Yeah, the money aspect of it is an interesting one because I mean, some of these when you read the stories, it takes it takes so much thought and creativity and you also have to have been immersed in these fandoms and you have to mm-hmm. have you have to be really knowledgeable about the place you're coming from and the fact that they do it for free like they're not even doing it for fame because their names aren't out there so Mm -hmm. i i agree with the idea that if i was an author i would think of it more as the promo sort of thing like if people get captivated by your fan fiction story people who maybe haven't even read my books I would be really excited that maybe it's opening the doors for them to read the source material, especially if they then wanted to go on and write their own fanfic. Because I feel like the culture of fanfic is so... Readers and writers are so closely tied. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much... There's such an open opportunity for participation. And it's one of those... It's a place where... I think a lot of people who read fan fiction would be inspired to write their own stuff. So I don't know. I, I get it too. I get it. Maybe you feel a person would feel possessive about whatever they spent blood, sweat and tears on their creative projects, but I just don't see it. I definitely yeah. see it as promotional and cool.
1: And what a vote of love, like that somebody loves your universe and character so much that they need to write their own way into it. Like, that's just beautiful. It's that makes beautiful. me, i that gives me the warm fuzzies, personally.
0: <laughs> I, I agree. I do too.
1: So I want to shout out real quick. Uh, if you are looking for a guide to the world of fan fiction, And both the commentary on it and some great fix to read, I cannot recommend highly enough the Rec Center, which is an email newsletter by uh, Gavia and Liz. And it is so good. It comes out every Friday in my inbox. I read it every week and they were Hugo finalists in 2020 so congratulations to them it is just chock full of like interesting stories from the world of fandom they have they do have fan art they have meme talk they have recommended fics from all different kinds of genres um, it is a wealth of information it's also really fun to read they have they clearly have a lot of fun with it and i just it is a gem no matter how involved you are in the in the thick world. Like I I just can't recommend it strongly enough. It's so good. Um, So I have a link to that. It's a tiny letter. I have a link to that. It's free. You know, uh, you can sign up whenever you like. And I strongly recommend that you do.
0: Yeah, I came across this one as well. So I think it's one of those very lauded, very well-recognized newsletters or resources for fanfic enthusiasts of all sorts so should we talk Mm -hmm. about some of the other places people can find actual fanfic if they want to like get into it yes because you found two of the big ones
1: Well, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, yes, the two biggest are definitely Archive of Our Own, also known as AO3, um, which won a Hugo Award in 2019, which was such a big deal and really amazing Mm -hmm. and well-deserved. They do so much work, um, both to, like, protect fan fiction writers and to make it a healthy and sustainable community. It's really stunning how much work they put into that site. So, you know, and, and it is the searchability is really solid like i'm a search query queen over here like i love i love to be able to construct a search query and they give you so many options it's very delightful um i don't even want to tell you how much time i spent like crafting different search strings And then fanfiction.net, also known as FFN, is another very big one. I think it's a little more browsy is my sense of it. Um, I couldn't tell you. I'm not an expert, so I could not tell you the main difference between the two. But they're both uh, just a wealth of, if you want to fall down a rabbit hole for your given fandoms or just like explore, there are a lot of uh, a lot of things there. So and I well, let's see. Do we want to do this now or later? I did some highly unscientific research. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about of... some
0: unscientific. I thought that this was really interesting, so we should definitely get into it.
1: Okay, okay. So while I was poking around on AO3, I was like, oh, oh, I wonder, like, what are the top, what are the top fix And what fandoms are they in? So I did a search just entirely based on the most kudos, which is, again, a very unscientific way to search for, like, what's the most popular. But it just means that the most people, you know, gave it kudos. Um, And the top 10, this was so interesting. So the top 10, the first one was a Guardians of the Galaxy Groot story, which I feel like is probably correct, because Groot is amazing.
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree.
1: There were two for My Hero Academia, which is an anime manga property that I am just surrounded by people talking about it. And one of these days I will get into it, but I have not ventured there yet. Uh, There was a Star Wars, it was a Raylo pairing uh, story. There was Voltron, which made me happy. I know I love it and then this I nobody else cares but I am a huge Teen Wolf fan and I was so delighted to see not one but two Teen Wolf stories both of the steric pairing variety <laughs> made me so happy because um, I'm a nerd I would never uh, have expected
0: that by the
1: way I love Teen Wolf oh my gosh we'll have to do like I we don't have time on this episode for me to talk <laughs> about why I love Teen Wolf so we'll save it for another episode but I love yes. it um there was an inevitable Harry Potter-Dreary pairing. Uh, there was BTS in the top 10, and then also a Sherlock-John Locke story. Um, and if you're not familiar, those, like, when I say John Locke, it's, like, John-Sherlock pairing. Dreary is Draco and Harry. Raylo is Ray and Kylo Ren. Uh, most, a lot of fics are pairings, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I found a lot of, I, the BTS one was actually one, there were only two sites that, I really got into that were not those two, that were not the big sprawling ones. And I went to Reddit and also Wattpad. And on Wattpad, there was definitely a lot of BTS fan fiction as well as... Yeah,
1: K-pop is is all over.
0: Yeah, it was... I I guess I shouldn't have been surprised because k-pop has some serious stands. like i have never seen a stan like a k-pop stand. <laughs> it's amazing uh but they also had like things like you know final fantasy and alien and things like that on wattpad and then uh, reddit just to let everybody know did have some did have a fanfic subreddit it was all genres, of course, but it was heavy on SFF. And it also includes like things like writing prompts and weekly reading roll calls. And it's also, it seems like a good resource for people, of course, as it's Reddit, to ask for super niche recommendations of fanfic. So if you want some super niche wrecks, you can definitely check out Reddit for that. But yeah, there was a lot of crossover between platforms about which which phantoms were getting a lot of hits and a lot of love that I found really interesting.
1: Yeah, my other favorite thing that I did was, you know, because... The tagging structure on AO3 is legendary. Like it is people really do a lot with tagging on their stories. So you can you can get super granular mm-hmm. uh in, in using the tags to see what kind of what kind of pairings you want, what kind of stories you want, what kind of vibe, what kind of setting. Like, ah, oh, there's just so much do you there's certain content that you don't want to read or certain content you definitely want to read. You can get so specific. And so then I was like, okay, tell me, tell me, Archive of Our Own, what are the most popular tags? So I pulled the top 10 tags on AO3, and this also made me super happy that the number one (laughs) was Fluff. Like what? <laughs> These are my people. Like y'all are my people. <laughs> there must be a lot of Huffle, like there must be a lot of like
0: Hufflepuffs or something. Uh, like- and
1: <laughs> everybody loves like a fluff. Come on, what's not to love? Fluff. I get it. Low stakes, feel good. Like that is what. What else do we want in this life? Like not that much, especially right now. I mean, come on, it's uh, <laughs> it is what we are all craving
0: <laughs> for real. <laughs>
1: Uh, Alternate universe was number two, which I do love. And that's, you know, for the uninitiated. Like one of my favorite examples of this is if you took like, let's say King Arthur and you took, you know, Lancelot and Guinevere And then you put them in an alternate universe, like, let's maybe put them in a coffee shop and they're having a meet-cute over a latte. Like, alternate universes taking the characters out of their given universe and putting them into a different one and seeing how they behave. Um, And those are also a big... I'm a big fan of those. They're super fun. Let's see what else we got in here. Angst, which is number three, which, you know, is the opposite of fluff, right? (laughs) Uh, Yes,
0: that's true. Not quite on the same level, but...
1: No, but it's... I get it. People love an angsty story. It's real. It's real. Um, And then just to skip around to number seven, because this is one we've had requests for books that do this on Get Booked, uh, is Hurt Comfort, which is such an interesting phenomenon. I fell down a rabbit hole about this when we got that question a while back. And the, the trope is like, One character is hurt and the other one is comforting them. Like, that's it. But it's such a compelling and interesting... Yeah, right? Like, it's so obvious. But it's such an interesting story setup. And you can really see... I can really see why that would be such a popular tag.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would assume I want to be comforted all the time. So (laughs) I feel like that could be satisfying in a lot of ways. It's like... You skin your knee. Somebody please give me a hug and tell me I'm going to be okay. Like, It's such a simple but powerful thing. Yeah. That's amazing. And there's, of course, a lot of people who go to fanfic for the sexy times because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that all around, which is, I mean, people are very good and very creative about writing that content, so... I can see it, absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are so many different sub, like, you have the tags, and then you have the sub-tags, and then you combine tags, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the tagging, I mean, you could do a whole episode on the tagging structures of AO3. Like, you really could. It's... It's so elaborate and fascinating. My mind would um, probably leak
0: out of my ears, but I <laughs> <there> for
1: it. <laughs> Wait, but I want to talk about some of the fandoms that you found on fanfiction.net that were maybe a little bit less obvious. Yes, yes. So I, of course, because I
0: was like, I just want to know like the really under the radar weird stuff that I would never have expected to see because that fascinates me. And so one of them was and maybe this is like on the same level of as your teen wolf obsession but Bonicula, I mean I amazing would, <laughs> I would not have expected that but I love that it exists and also one of the I don't even know what to call the wayside series it's just like bonkers fabulous middle grade fiction about this toppling school that is way taller than any school should be and full of total weirdos and i used to be obsessed with that series when i was a kid and i was so i felt like i had found my people when i saw that there was wayside series fan fiction because yeah that is amazing to me and then there was also like weird science so many of these are nostalgic loves too weird science which is super problematic in all sorts of ways nowadays uh-huh. watch it again <laughs> but right. of course there's fanfic about that because it could go in so many different ways and then Mars Attacks which I actually thought was really clever because Mars Attacks has so many characters it is just perfect for there are so many combinations of ways you can make fanfic out of that movie so I thought that that was really interesting and those were ones I found on fanfiction.net and then on on AO3 I saw I was pleased to see that there was some Octavia Butler fanfic mm. of of her works not her life I should specify and then there was this super random one that I I had to check to make sure this was correct because there were There was a series of flower fairies books I used to have as a kid. And they were just like almost stuff. They were the sort of books you would find at the gift shop. Like that's the kind of book it was. And I could not believe that there's flower fairies fanfic in the world because I was like, there wasn't that much story, but I guess you just like take those flower fairies and you make your own story. So
1: that's right. I mean, maybe it's even better because it's kind of like a blank slate. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's
0: true. That is absolutely true. So that was really well, interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I love that Banicula fanfiction exists. That is like the highlight of my week right now. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. I'll definitely be reading some of that this weekend.
0: I think it would be, um, it would not be a waste of your time.
1: No, no. I think, I, I feel like we should wrap up because yeah. we are already a little bit long. But I do just want to say... um you mentioned like weird science is problematic. And I do want to say, you know, we are obviously overwhelmingly have positive feelings towards fan fiction, but that doesn't mean that there aren't issues within the space. It too has been struggling with all kinds of social justice issues and also issues of censorship and mm-hmm. um, like what lines are OK to cross and who can write what and, you know, every 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 genre or field you can be in has its own issues. So we're certainly aware of them, but we, you know, we wanted to give you sort of a highlights version, especially for those who have not dived into this yet. Um, so so we hope you have enjoyed this little this little dip into the, you know, the waters of fan fiction.
0: Yes, I certainly did.
1: Yeah. I, yes. I have so many to read now. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening as always. No matter what directions we go in, we appreciate that you hang <laughs> with us. And uh, thank you for sending emails and and feedback. We so love getting those emails. Thank you. Thank you for those. Thanks also go out to our sound editor, Dr. Baker. So many thanks to them for making us sound great each and every episode. Uh, and if you would like to send us an email, you can do that at sffyeah at bookriot.com. You are also very welcome to review us on Apple Podcasts. We love to see those come in. They do help other nerds to find the show. And in between shows, you can find us on online i am mostly on instagram these days at i am gen irl that's i a m j e n n i r l sharifa where are you
0: i'm on instagram you can find me at of williams that's s z a i n a b williams
1: and we will talk to you next time